Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to entrepreneur, teacher, and bringer of light, Danny Reardon. Are you ready to discover life's infinite possibilities to live in joy and aligned with your true calling? You're going to love hearing today's episode with Danny. She's here today empowering you to be your best self, answers your questions, and has taken hits so you don't have to. She wants to give you lessons and help you live your best life right now. CEO of Conscious Champion and former super successful bodybuilding champ, she understands the body, which ties right into confidence and owning who you are. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Danny Reardon. Mm, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. What a wonderful intro. Wow, I'm already lit up and ready to go. That was amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. I have to say, you're my first body building champion I, I've ever talked to. Oh, so cool. I know it was your life for, for years. I know nothing about that world. So it's just, except for looking at pictures and all the muscles <laughs> and all of that. I mean, and I just recorded an entire episode on, on confidence and self-confidence and acting like you're the shit and, uh, you know, like <laughs> fake it till you make it. I mean, I did a whole seven different ways and affirmations and, and also just you know, closing your eyes and taking mm -hmm. the pause, just different ways and, and walking through the fear and how none of it matters. <laughs> Actually, I didn't say that, but it's so true. Nobody's <laughs> thinking about you. <laughs> but I guess that doesn't count in the bodybuilding world, but it's just so interesting to me. But what had you get out of it, I guess, since here you were like a super big deal champion. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a couple different things. I think that I, what's really cool about bodybuilding is that it turned me on to the spiritual world. I started oh. to notice the synchronicities. I started to believe in myself, understand manifesting. I watched a Star Wars and The Secret. And so this whole world through bodybuilding got started to open up for me. And I was about 10 years in and I was at the Olympia. So I had made it to like the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. And I don't know, I just looked around one day and I was like, I don't have the same fire that I used to for this competition. Didn't look the same. It didn't feel the same. I didn't want to eat what I was eating meat all day long. It just, yeah. so many things started to flip over for me. And I was like, man, and to do bodybuilding at that high level and to be kind of like at the top echelon of the sport, you have to be so devoted for it. Your fire has got to be so hot because that's what it takes to be at that level. Otherwise you're going to get beat was at the Olympia. I got fourth place, second place, and then sixth place. And that sixth place one, I looked around and I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this again. And if I have the same fire. So it was many things. And I think that at that level, all of your energy has got to be in the game. And I wanted to explore yoga and spirituality. And I wanted to put my energy somewhere else that wasn't so superficially focused. Mm. You know? Oh, that's interesting. Now you said the Secret, Star Wars, and you have to have been exposed to these things. Was that in that world or like, how did you even know of those? <laughs> yeah. So I actually went through a dark night of the soul also. Oh, okay. Talk, and, let's talk about that. I love hearing about those. Yeah. You know, I feel like I went through a couple of them, like every couple yeah, of years. I'm like, do, bam, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, good. That makes me feel better to know that we all do. Cause it's yeah. like every couple of years, bam. I know people think, oh, wow, really? You used to live like you've come from like my very dark night, you know, being out on the streets, strung out and everything. I'm like, yeah, but that's just one. Yeah. <laughs> that is the catalyst of my life. And it's a good story, but it's not the end. <laughs> I mean, that is the worst. Okay, that is. And I'm forever grateful I'm alive and it, I've made it out of that. But that's decades ago. And it's not like, uh, you know, I float on the air and life's forever good after that. But it, it is. And I'm grateful for my life. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. But yeah, it's not the end. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh, and she got clean and got an education and a life and everything and never had a problem again. <laughs> yeah. Mm -mm. Never questioned you know, why are we here? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, you know, as, and I think we talked a little bit about spirituality, like that's where we're headed. That's what lights us up. I kind of feel like, because everything is in balance in the universe, the more that we reach for the light, the dark is going to come up. It has to, everything's in polarities. And so I feel like those who seek the light are also going to have to deal with dark time after dark time dark time as they go for the light. It's like that. That's what I believe. Yeah. But I don't think they're ever as dark. Like that was my darkest. And mm -hmm. I've been through another, like my dark night of the soul that prompted this podcast definitely was mm -hmm. the next dark, but they've never been as like, they're never as dark. That's my experience of being on earth probably twice as long as you. So <laughs> that's just for whatever that's worth. I, I think it's twice yeah. as long. <laughs> Yeah. And I agree with you. And maybe that speaks to like the evolution and how we go through dark nights yeah. and we go through them a little bit better. So they still are dark, but they're not as we're not in the throes, like in the undertow of it as much because we're evolving. But yeah, so to speak to the dark night of the soul, and this is kind of going to be in my TED talk too. So this is kind of what was the catalyst for me really jumping into spirituality and personal development. And Star Wars was just because I had never seen it and I was 24 and I was like, ah, I should probably watch it. And then it was like, so the dark night was, I was going for the Olympia. So I was trying to go to the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. I was 24 years old, graduated with a master's degree, just got fired from Orange Theory Fitness. Um, I was doing things for love that were kind of betraying my soul. So I was kind of doing things sexually for love. I was afraid that if I didn't do these things that I wouldn't have the love that I wanted from this person. And everything kind of came to a head. So I, I mentioned that the graduate degree because I graduated and I didn't go into the PhD program to pursue bodybuilding. And so it was about nine months later and I missed the Olympia by one point, I had just been fired betraying my soul, was at a party at this beautiful millionaire's house. I mean, it was gorgeous. We were all dressed in white and I had way too much to drink. And all of this like anger and bitterness and resentment was just right under the surface. And at that party, my top just popped. I mean, it was everything came out and I got arrested. I was in jail for three days. I had never been in jail, never been arrested. I mean, I was 24 years old, drank too much. Like, come on, every almost every 24-year-old I know has done that. But I feel like the universe had bigger lessons for me than just a slap on the wrist, go home, deal with your hangover. So because I was making a name for myself with bodybuilding, I was publicly humiliated. It was on the radio, in the Huffington Post, ended up in New York somehow. My mugshot was everywhere. 
And so after that, I was like, wow, things really have to change. Like I need to set better boundaries. I need to do all of these things differently. So I started to look at personal development stuff on YouTube. When I was home, you know, it was Oprah, Tony Robbins, Eckhart Tolle. So I started to listen, hang out with these people all day long because this is what felt good and right to me. Along that journey, I watched Star Wars and, you know, listening to these people on YouTube, I was like learning about vibration and manifestation and Abraham Hicks and all. And then... (laughs) So I started to watch Star Wars and I was like, oh my goodness, the dark and the light. I was just in the darkness, totally. And I understand the power of being a Jedi and resisting the darkness. And the force is real. (laughs) The force is real. Later in the year, I watched The Secret and started to understand how to put that force to use, how to manifest and believe and work, and then made it to the Olympia. And so it was like a real journey of going from the darkness and it was one year exactly that I had been arrested. So I had got like September, you know, 20th or something like that. One year to the date I was flying out to the biggest show in bodybuilding. So it was like a huge, big turnaround for me. Yeah, that is. That's great. That's a good answer for how you got introduced to everything. So when it wasn't fulfilling you anymore, you knew time to pivot, which, because that's what we do in life. We pivot. You got your yoga teacher training where you first just doing yoga and you're like, I love this. I want to give it away. Like, how did that come about? Yeah. So uh, the pivot happened and it was so scary because I was so wrapped up in bodybuilding. I didn't even people. So my nickname was little monster star. People didn't even know me by Danny. They didn't even know my name. They just knew me by like my tagline and through Instagram and stuff. And so they just called you by your moniker. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. Hey, little monster. It was like everywhere, you know, meeting people and doing all these things, but they would just, you know, hey, little monster. They're like, I didn't even know your name. And so I didn't even know how much my identity was fully in the bodybuilding world until I left. And I was just like this scared, naked, out in the world, who am I kind of person. And so the pivot happened. We moved to Colorado and I found yoga. I was doing it a little bit just so I could stretch and move because of all the bodybuilding I was doing. I was so tightly wound that, but I, we moved to Colorado and across the street from us, there was a yoga studio and I had a month free somehow. My sister had like a month pass and I had no money to pay for a yoga membership. So this month free was like everything. That's when I really, really fell in love with yoga. It challenged my mind, it challenged my body, and it was connecting me to the spirit again, to the universe. And my biggest fear with leaving bodybuilding was that my connection to spirit would be gone and I wouldn't see the numbers anymore and I wouldn't know how to believe, I wouldn't know what to manifest because without the Olympia, what do you go for? And so I started practicing. I started to clean the studio so I was so I could practice. And I used to think too, when I was cleaning these toilets at the yoga studio, Like, man, I wish people could see me now, like number two in the world at bodybuilding here, cleaning locker rooms and the yoga. And I loved every single minute of it because it was my like sanctuary. You know, I was giving back to a studio that had breathed life back into me again and a path to living. And then I decided to get my teacher training certification. Yeah, I'm so happy I did. (laughs) Yeah, see, and this is how people are like, but I don't know what I meant to do because everyone has their own unique camper. Everybody's here for a reason. You're all here for a reason. Everybody, what lights you up? What brings you joy? And you're talking about this right now. That's it. That's it. Your face, your entire being, all of your energy around you. It's while you're talking about it. That is it. Thank you. I mean, it's just so obvious. So, and I love that. And when I saw your Insta, I, I see you with the kids. So I see you wanting to pass on so much knowledge to kids. 
Mm-hmm. And how did that come about? Yeah, great question. So, okay, a little bit of a story here. Yeah, absolutely love that, by the way. And you could see the same joy in you in these pictures with these kids. I know nothing's real on Insta, but it... <laughs> looks real to me. And I find my, I think I'm discerning. So go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So I, during the time when we moved to Colorado, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I need to make money and I do not want to be a group fitness instructor for the rest of my life. I wanted to get far away from personal training. I mean, I love it, but I'm not here to count reps. I'm not here to make people go to the gym. And I would be, I was training people, asking them about their life. Like I was ruining their workout because I was curious what was going on emotionally (laughs) and spiritually. So I started this business called Conscious Champion, which we mentioned in the intro. And originally it started out just for athletes, for bodybuilding athletes to develop a strong mindset and the spiritual connection, because that is one thing that I know for sure the bodybuilding industry is missing is how do we develop a strong mind where we're not comparing ourselves, where we're not judging ourselves constantly, beating ourselves up because of how big or lean or hard we are? It's so like, doesn't even matter. And for me, the reason why I believe I did so well, I mean, I'm five feet tall on stage. I was 115 pounds doing very well at a bodybuilding show. Like the stats don't really line up. But for me, I feel like it was uh, mental strength and spiritual development. So that's how Conscious Champions started was me helping athletes learn that. And then it developed into, I ran that course a couple of times, 12 weeks. I had guest speakers on from all over the industry, posing coaches, prep coaches, hormone specialists, like all of these things that I wish I knew when I was competing. And then of course the energy worker. So I, I weaved in a little bit of that pixie dust to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> then it developed into the mastermind, which I just finished doing. And that was more into the spirit. So like the masculine feminine energies, we went into inner child, we went into like, who are we and why are we here? What do we want? So like the bigger, deeper questions. During that time, I had a client of mine who became a friend. That's kind of what happens when people work with me. Like it goes from that, then we're just friends. And her daughter is 10 and was struggling with dance. She was a competitive dance athlete, very, very good, very talented, but she's 10 and starting to feel the pressures of, I want to do well. And I'm comparing myself and having meltdowns before getting on stage and the 10 year old things, but then add a a heavy competitive feeling onto it. Um, I started talking with her. We started meditating and visualizing and doing crystals. She did really well this season. You know, we did affirmations, power poses backstage, and it was almost like it gave her like a big sister mentor type. And we talked about mind, body, spirit. Then I started to work with a couple of her friends that also work at the studio with her. And yeah, it's been such a an unforeseen joy to work with these kids. And I, we all have matching chakra bracelets. They're like root chakra, sacral, solar plexus, just starting to learn where all this stuff is. And so now I'm launching my first kids course and we're going to learn about vibration and a little bit of karma and integrity and doing like these cleanup crew exercises. So with the mastermind, I had everybody clean up the earth even the adults, but the adults took the kids with them. And like, you know how the universe provides things when we least expect it. Oh, absolutely. Every, the universe just shows up. All you have to do is take an action step. And then I don't know how, but it always happens. Take that action and the universe just follows. It just, everything lines up for you. Go ahead. What happened? And so like people found bags. So right before they would start their walk, there was an empty trash bag waiting for them so they could fill it with trash. 
And some of the kids found like Monopoly money. And how cool is it to be eight years old and find like hundred dollar bills of (laughs) of, like Monopoly money, right? So it was just this cool thing. And the kids were like, can we do this every weekend? So I feel like kids inherently like to do stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's what just, you know, the kids just kept popping, popping, popping up for me. And so in about two weeks, I'm going for it. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. What's the most common question you're asked? Mm, By my clients or by... In general, you tell people what you're doing. Usually it's about spirituality. Lately, it's been about spirit. It used to be like, how do you get arms like that? (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like, how are you so happy all the time? And I like, I love that. What do you tell them? Because I trust and I love the wonder and magic of the universe. Yeah. Do you tell them meditation and then... Yeah, I tell them meditate. I mean, I do meditate frequently, but I think that's part of it. I think it's perspective. One of Albert Einstein's, one of my favorite quotes by him is, do you believe you live in a friendly or a hostile universe? And I believe I live in a friendly universe. Even if hostile things happen to me, it's a lesson. It's here to teach me and help me grow and evolve. It's my my school at that moment. And so I think it's a matter of perspective. Definitely. I've been, I I keep reminding myself, I hate that I have to put it in a, it's on a post-it, but a friend of uh, a lot of ours who passed away a month ago, two months, whatever, but her thing was the future's friendly. Remind people that I always said the future's friendly. (laughs) And I love that. Isn't that great? And I was like, yeah, the future is friendly. So yeah, I definitely love that too. So for somebody who's struggling, they know they're here for a purpose and and they're just not taking that leap. What would you tell them? That's so good. You took it. You did it. I mean, you were this famous bodybuilder and look how happy you are that you did it. What would you tell someone? Hmm. I would say, follow your heart instead of your head. And my biggest thing is follow the good feeling. When I was bodybuilding, it didn't feel good anymore. What felt good to me is nature, exploring with psychedelics, moving to Colorado. My sister was there. And so for me, those were the things that felt good to me. And I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't even know yoga was going to be waiting for me there. But I followed the good feeling to leave and go for it. And even with Conscious Champion, following the good, like for me to be an online coach and even now to leap with the kids instead of working with adults, I would say, follow the good feeling. And the word purpose and even passion can feel very like judgmental or daunting almost because there's like big stuff attached to it. But I would say like, try on stuff like you're shopping, like you're trying on clothes because some unexpected shirts will fit you perfectly, but you don't know if you don't try. Yeah. I also, what you said before about trust, like that's how you're this happy is the trust. Trust. And how your intuition, your inner guidance, how do you listen to that? I saw you just closed your eyes and took a moment before you answered the last question. I would think the pause seems to be one of your ways is what I'm noticing. <laughs> yeah. I could get better at the pause because my yeah. energy is very excited and yeah. I can't wait to answer and talk. Yeah. So I think it is definitely pausing and listening, like feeling for where it's coming from. Is this coming from an ego spot where I think this is what people want to hear from me? Or is this coming from something that's true and like a lived felt wisdom experience that I've had? And then also learning when I didn't listen to my intuition and I kind of got slapped around a little bit. Yeah. I was listening to something. I don't remember when you said this. It might be from your very first podcast episode. You said you went through yoga teacher training. You were super lost, confused, and so much pain. You didn't know who you were or what to do. 
and that yoga gave you a path to walk, which I thought was so beautiful. And it reignited a light and a spiritual connection in you. Yeah. And it's been two and a half years since you said that. And I thought that was really interesting. And so that's two and a half years ago. Are you still on that path and further in? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say all of that still rings true. I I was like, did I say that today? <laughs> because that's still very, very true and real for me. And I teach yoga now a couple of days a week over here. I live on Cape Cod and I love it. And I study, like what I do in my free time is I study the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Mm -hmm. Hindu epic that they wrote for the Veda. Like I study Vedic stuff in my free time. So like, and I just got a tattoo that's Sanskrit. I am obsessed. What yoga did for me is it also opened up a door to this ancient wisdom. And when I teach, not only do I get to geek out, I love the mantras. I listen to them in my car. Like when I'm not doing yoga. This is what I listen to normally. And so it's opened up a path for me. And when I'm teaching, it's almost like I'm orchestrating the energy. I talk about the different, you know, Hindu gods and goddesses, like, like Hanuman is like a big deal for me right now. And so during that we'll have different poses. I tell different stories. We have different chants and different music that I listen to that I play. And so for me, it's also kept me really sharp. You know, it's kept me because I know how I show up leading online courses and in person, I'm a certain vibration. So how I show up to that class is what everybody's going to be experiencing. Right. So it really helps me stay and want to stay pure as pure as I can. You know, I mess up here and there. I'm a human, right? We do different things, but it keeps me sharp. Yeah. No, staying, staying focused and staying there is important. So what's the hardest challenge you have, that you've overcome and how did you do it? Identity. Oh, identity has been a big challenge for me. So after I left bodybuilding, that was the first one where I was like, bam, like, who are you without little monster, without eating meat all day? Who is this person? And so then I got dreadlocks because I was like, I want to be earthy, crunchy, like bring it all. So I had these big, long blonde dreads and I loved them. And they were almost like a shield For me, they helped me go into that next phase of spirituality. They looked spiritual. They felt spiritual. And it helped me make that transition. And then another identity thing happened. I moved up here to Cape Cod over COVID. My parents live up here and stuff like that. So my husband and I, we moved, stayed in one of their cottages. And we're just, you know, saving money, being close just in case shit went down. My dreads were getting really itchy. I was sleeping on ropes. You know, they look really cool in pictures, but to live with them every single day, they're hot, they're heavy, they're itchy. It's a whole thing. And so I heard myself say one day, I was like, why am I keeping these? Why do I have these dreadlocks on my head? And I heard myself say, because you won't look spiritual without them. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) Because my ego was big in that, but I don't know if I was ready to hear it until that moment. I think I knew that the whole time, but I don't. So the next day I went and shaved my head. So what you see now is I was totally buzzed Sinead Lohan style. That was a tough one for me too, because I mean, I'm a female, no hair, just shaved off everything I knew. Like all, you know, and and when you have dreadlocks, everything's in the dreads, you know, your bodybuilding journey, all the years, all the, everything is in the hair that's in your head. And so that's what people with dreads think about too. And so it felt very much like a clean slate. And I find that the biggest way to get to know who you are is to strip away everything that you think you are. The clothes, 
the job, the hair, the makeup, the identity, the what what you do for that's work. That's huge. That's huge. I think I could get I could do everything except the hair. That's huge. I, I thought about having dreads. I mean, I, I've thought about you know, lots of things, but I had my mom took me to a barber when I was really little and everyone thought I was a boy and I know everything's gender neutral. I do discrimination law. I understand. Yes. I understand pronouns. Like I, I get all that. This is me. I'm not talking about anybody else. So I know I didn't like being called a little boy when I was a little girl yes. <laughs> when I went to the barber and I have big hair. I've always had big hair, but if it's long, I can manage it. I can stick it in a braid. I can do stuff with it. I just can't even imagine when it's short, I can't manage it. I can't imagine shaving my head. I used to wish that if I shaved my head, it would grow back thin and straight. Like I, I mean, I just, anyway. Yeah. So that was a big one. And the whole That's grow huge. up. It was, I can't, I can't even like, and now I'm, I'm so happy that I did it. And, and, you know, when it started to grow back, I got like a cute pixie cut and then I still kind of keep one side like shade or have like a little undercut. So it yeah, shaved yeah. a little bit, but my hair is actually big. Like I can curl it and it's a big poof or I can straighten it and it calms down. But that was huge for me. And now I know who I am with or without hair. If I were to shave my hair tomorrow, I would feel totally good with it. I know spirituality doesn't have to look a certain way. I know who I am without muscles, without dreadlocks, without living in Florida or Colorado. I know who I am now. So now identity is not something that I struggle with. It's something that I know. Yeah, and it's, it's in the inside. It's all on the inside. Yeah. Everything is an inside job. It's, yeah. it's just like the compare and despair and all that stuff. I mean, everything you've said, I think I, I talked about in my confidence episode because the, I was taught the only thing I can compare myself to is where I've come from. I cannot compare my insides to your outsides ever. Mm -hmm. I can only compare me to where I've been. And that is it. There is no, no all that compare and despair stuff is like, no. Not allowed. I don't allow myself to do it. It just doesn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I love that message. I think for girls more so than anything, and I'm being gender specific. To, I'm, I'm using me. Like, I, I, nothing meant here by that. But the hair like, <laughs> is huge. I so relate to that, and I think that's a big, powerful statement. Yeah, that, there's a huge journey there. Do you have a message of hope you want to give? A message of hope. Hmm. Yeah. For people out there who are maybe struggling with body image issues or even the voices in their head, you're not either of those things. You're not the body. You're not the mind. And I know because I've achieved greatness with both of those and it still wasn't me. It still wasn't who I was. You know, who you are is so much more vast and so much more infinite and energetic and connected to everything wonderful. And so that's my message of hope is that you're eternal. And like we said, it's an inside job. And I think once we start identifying with that, the mind and the body start to follow suit and become a lot less enemy based and a lot more friendly. Yeah. That, no, that's so good. And when you say you've achieved greatness and it, it didn't fix you to achieve those, I guess it wasn't until you get spiritually fit or take care of that inside piece that we feel okay, balanced, whole, however you want to put it. I was yeah. taught if it describes dinner, it's not a feeling. <laughs> okay, <laughs> describes dinner. So, <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. 
So, uh, oh, that's so good. And we, by the way, I have all of Danny's links, of course, are going to be on the website, every way you can reach her. And yeah, and I just think that's so great. Is there any question I should have asked you that I didn't ask you and that we're going to be done here? And you'll be like, I can't believe Lauren didn't ask me that question. Is there anything else that I should have asked? No. Okay. I don't think so. No. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. This was great. And we'll, pro- we'll live stream so that if anybody has any questions, just go ahead and send them over to me. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Mm, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. This was amazing. Thank you for pulling this out of me. It was great. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Danny's messages of connection, energy, and joy such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week and stay in tune to your clear, confident, vibrant self with physician, life coach, and mom, Maggie Kang. Are you sick of feeling stuck, run down, or full of guilt? Listen next week as Maggie explains how she stopped spinning uncontrollably and learned how to turn obstacles into opportunities and how to create a new narrative in her head. She teaches you how to ditch all your what-if scenarios going on and create your new story as well. Learn from her huge revelation, thoughts are optional. She's so funny when she starts talking about it. She had never heard that before. It's such a good episode. You're going to love and learn so much from such an authentic voice. Also, we're doing another giveaway celebration. We're giving away my favorite journal again and $50 Amazon gift cards. We're celebrating the upcoming 100th episode of 52 Weeks of Hope. Just leave a five-star rating and review of the podcast, take a picture of it, and then post it on social media. If you don't know how to leave a rating and review, a couple people have said they don't know how to do that, just go to the website and click the link to leave a rating and review, and then it's really easy to do that. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening. 